Welcome to episode 14 of the Sticks and Balls podcast. I'm your host, Matty Matt, joined by my two co-hosts, Owen Boffey, who's got the call up, and the return of Rollo Squire from episode two with our guest star, Arian, to talk about nice safety. Yes, we're all back for another episode of the Sticks and Balls podcast. As I said, I'm your host, Matty, joined by Owen and Rollo today, and with the king of Brighton, uh, from Fat Pops, Arian. How are you feeling, Arian? I feel very good, matey. Very glad to be here. It's definitely an honour and a pleasure and a privilege to be with you guys. Oh, lovely words. What a gentleman. Um, it has been a long time coming, hasn't it, Arian? It certainly has been, mate. It yeah? certainly has been, you know. We've mentioned about it. About time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Arian's been dying to come on the podcast, boys, for a while now. I can't blame him. No, mm. I can't it's blame a good him place. It's a good place to be. It really is, eh? Yeah. Um, so, Arian... Usually what we do when we come onto this podcast to introduce someone, if you've listened to the episodes, have you listened to any of the episodes? I have. I you have? have? Yes. Yeah, we do top three pints, but obviously you don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore, that is true. So would you like to do a different sort of liquid for the top three? Maybe your top yeah. three juices, if you like, or unless you want to do your top three pints from when you drank? So the top three pints that I drank at the time that I was drinking. Okay, start with number three. Number three. And then go to number two, then number one. But also if there's one where it's like a, a memory, you could say. Okay. We Or it might be just you generally like the pint. Mm. Fair. Like Tip has had a pint of, I don't know, whatever the pint is at Chelsea Stadium because he loves Stamford yeah, Bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that sort of thing. So you can go from there. Fair dues. Well, yeah. my pint is definitely not going to be one that I had at the Chelsea Stadium. But yeah. So the go. third um, pint would probably be a pint of Ripper. Have you guys had a Ripper? What on earth is a Ripper? I've never heard of that. that. <laughs> guys, you should try it. What you is it? Try it. It's just a pint. Oh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. But what's the... Um, um, it had a lot of alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> it nice. had a lot of alcohol in it. Stronger the better, eh? Uh, huh? Stronger the better. Yeah, exactly, man. Mm. Well, not anymore. But not anymore, of course. Do you want to know a fun fact, Arian, uh, well, uh, that Arian told me? He was talking. We were talking about one time when we were working together mm. about the most amount of times you were, like you drank in a row, the most amount of days. 19 days, was it? 13 days. 13 days, 13. sorry. That's yeah, yeah. very impressive. <laughs> I think my, my highest is 12, which I did in Freshers, 12 Freshers Week. Yeah. Nights. Yeah. That's I don't think I've gone beyond a week. I might have done, but not like in freshest week. I did eight days. Actually, it might be. It or might be on ten. holiday. I oh like a holiday's a bit different. You do like oh, the whole yeah, holiday, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I've done like ten days on a holiday, but that's the most I can do. Heavy eight. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, um, but yeah, what's your number two then, Aaron? Number two, I really like a Moretti. Great shout. Good Very nice. pick. A really fan like favorite of the podcast, and everyone that comes on. Is it actually? Yeah. Is it fair? It's fair, probably fair. the most common one we found in the top three. Well, I reckon because it's lovely. Mm. You know. But my very my most favourite pint of beer is a pint of Blue Moon. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> that that all... was in my top three, and no one has said it since. <laughs> Come on, uh, you yeah. get a fist bump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Owen's the only person to say uh, Blue Moon in their yeah. top three as well. Yeah. So it's lucky we invited him on to host. Pint. It's, it's so good. So good. Fair, once Owen said it, I actually tried it, and you know what? It's actually quite nice. No, it's not. It's unbelievable. It's a little orange slice. Woo! The orange slice makes it okay. What was it about the Blue Moon then, Owen? So the Blue Moon, uh, to be fair, Hobgoblin used to have a deal for it. Mm. And that's when I first tried it. But it's just very fresh and mm. very zesty. And, you know, but obviously I don't drink anymore. So, you know. Yeah. 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 man, Well, well in. Um, but those are your top three pints from back yes, in the day. Yes, sir. From back, back in, in the, the day. day. So we had number three. Uh, was it a Rippet? A Rippet. Yeah, a Rippet. What sort of pint is a Rippet? Is, is it a cider? I, don't be fair, I haven't had it in years. But when I did have it, you should go to some Lanes pubs. They serve it in lane. It's expensive, so it's a though, Larry, We are students. Well, you know, bougie taste, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> 
Uh, and then Moretti. And Moretti, yeah. And then a Blue Moon. And a Blue Moon. Oh, I think so that's a fantastic top three. It's quite a Thank good you. top three, quite a mix. It's original, which is what I mm. like about it. Thank Moretti's not that original. Well, without the two are. All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, Moretti's a very good top three. Have you had it in Italy then? Oh, I have had it in Italy. That's I when it's at its best, it. isn't it? It's like having an Estrella in Spain. Honestly, it, exactly, oh. yeah. exactly. Very never, different gravy. Never been to Italy. Never been to Italy? No. Maybe you should go. Missing out. Where did you go in Italy, Wallet? I think I went there, like, when I was skiing, I went through it, and I had some pizza and pasta and it's just different yeah. unbelievable i went different gravy different gravy. i went um i want to say like three years ago that was my last holiday i went on i went to calabria so like south and the drinks were so cheap it was like one euro tequilas and we got so drunk on the last night we actually missed our flights home okay <laughs> <laughs> but shout out rocco my best mate he had a flat there so we could stay a bit longer but it cost me like another hundred pounds you for, had a good night though Yes, had a great night. Right, well, thank you for that top three, Arian. That was very good from you. So now we're going to move on to the next part of the podcast, which is why, first of all, we're going to ask you, Arian, about what is your role? Why do we have you on, essentially? So you work for Fat Popper Daddies. Yep. As do I. But you are the, what's your event manager? I'm the manager, yeah. Manager of of Fat Popper Daddies. So what is Fat Popper Daddies? So um, Fat Popper Daddies is a promotions company that throws um, regular weekly club nights in Brighton, the demographic, the clientele is mainly students. Mm. So essentially it's club nights for students. And we do Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays at Chalk. Obviously throughout the years we've done other nightclubs, but the clientele has been focused at students. And the reason I'm here today is to have a chat with you guys about my experiences doing club nights with students for the last seven years. Mm. And we can hopefully elaborate a bit further on um, the experiences I've had with regards to seeing students on a regular basis, obviously in a different setting necessarily than a university, Mm. which is on a night out. So yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, so you've been doing it for seven years then? For seven years, yeah. So when did you start? 2016? I did start in 2016, yeah. So did you start it while you were at university? I did, I did. I was, um, I think I was just about 19 when I started Fat Pops. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was a university student myself, not yeah. a Sussex student, sorry lads. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I studied Sussex politics student. at Brighton. Oh, Brighton. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Varsity Rivals. Yeah, mm. Varsity Rivals. Watch. Are you going to come watch us tomorrow, Arian? Well, you're going to lose anyway, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> I actually feel so bad. You know, Arian, I told Arian about Friday Night Lights. And he turned up and there was, there was, oh, no was going. Oh, <laughs> he called no. me, he was not happy. I with was me. heartbroken. <laughs> and it was really cold, lads. It was mm. really Yeah, cold. it was raining as well, pouring it. Well, it was so cold, uh, the pitch froze. That's why we didn't yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. There we exactly. Are. Um, yeah, so Fat Pops is obviously an events company who work at one of the biggest clubs in Brighton, which is Chalk. And you do Mondays, Thursdays, sometimes Fridays. Yep. yep. And Saturdays. Yep. All at Chalk. All at Chalk, yeah. And you do insane numbers every week i mean it's in the 900 mark average most weeks yeah isn't it you would yeah, say it is true, yeah. um how do you think why do you think it is you're doing so well as a as a club but also as an events company like both in two well there's many aspects to as to why we are successful but i think the most important reason behind it is because we've created a sense of trust with our clientele and with our customer base. Because mm. um, in a lot of businesses, especially local businesses, businesses that you have to have a network of local customers, the most important thing is firstly to earn people's trust, mm. 
and secondly, to maintain it. Now that doesn't come easily because very easily you could have a situation where you lose people's trust. Mm. But obviously at Fat Pops, we've tried our very best to maintain that trust. And the reason we've been able to maintain that trust is because the people who do it, obviously like yourself um, and like me and like the rest of our team, we not only enjoy what we do, but we also care about it. Because as Matty mentioned, I was a student when I first joined Fat Pops. Matty's a student right now and he works at Fat Pops. So we've always been in touch with students and a lot of our team members have also been students themselves. So we have been able to find out what we need to cater for, what students want, and we've tried obviously our very best to be able to facilitate that. Mm. So yeah, I think that's probably the key to our success. Wow, well, yeah. you couldn't have put that better, could you, Aaron? Can I just ask, yeah. uh, you say you've been working for like seven years for Fat Pops. What is like your favorite part of the job? Why have you been there for like a good stint of your life? It's a very good question to be fair with you, bro. Um, I think the most important reason that I've stayed at Fat Pops is because I've enjoyed it. Ultimately, in life, if you are not enjoying what you're doing, you're probably doing something wrong. Obviously, it's easier said than done. I understand that sometimes it may be a privileged position. A lot of us have to do a lot of things that we don't really want to do in order to stay afloat. You know, that's ultimately the reality of life as well. Sometimes it's whatever pays the bills. Mm. But thankfully I've been in a position and I count my blessings that I've enjoyed what I've done um, in the last seven years. The thing that I enjoy the most about it is probably the social aspect of it. And by the social aspect of it, I don't mean clubbing or drinking or getting pissed, but being constantly in touch with people. I thrive with communicating, with talking to people, with um, being able to have a chat with different people and get to know them and build a relationship with them. So I think the social aspect of it has been what has been the most attractive side of it to me. And obviously, Fat Pops being a promoting company, you do need to be in touch with people and maintain a relationship with them. So yeah, I think that's probably it, mate. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think that's definitely one of the reasons why I enjoy working for Fat Pops so well as much. It's just what comes with the job in terms of you're just seeing people all the time when you're working. Like say if say like last night loads of the hockey boys went out, I didn't, but I could quite happily say and said work it so I'm still with them all the time. So even though I'm working, I'm still seeing all the people all my good friends are socialising with people. So I completely agree with you and that's something. That's why I enjoy doing the job so much as well. Exactly. The only downfall of it is the sleep pattern that comes with it. That is true. That yeah. is true. But we will get yeah. onto that later. Um, so I think you sort of touched on there before about what we're getting onto next, which is about night safety and that whole aspect with working in a club because that's a very big deal with working with it. And you sort of already touched on there about the whole trust thing, which is then I think correlates to how you have such a welcoming atmosphere, which therefore um, correlates to how well you guys do as a, as a club. Um, so I was just going to ask you, what are the rules? I know there's like a sign you have on the rule. Do you want to just talk us through that in the club, just so it, the reason why it's such like a nice atmosphere in a sense? Absolutely. To be perfectly honest with you guys, obviously I manage Fat Papa Daddies and I'm here while working at Fat Papa Daddies, but um, let's be completely crystal clear. I don't believe that what we're doing is perfect. And I think another reason for our success is the fact that we are aware of the fact that we are not perfect, but we have tried to walk in the path of perfection. 
which means that what we do is always a work in progress. Like we know that we have shortcomings, like some of your listeners may have had their bad experience at Chalk, mm. may have felt that they may have been hard done by, by something or another. But the reality of the matter is that we have Monday morning meetings with the entire venue staff, with um, by the management of the venue, and we discuss things. So we are always looking on how to improve what we already have. So I think in life, in general, and obviously in this case in particular, it's always important not to get too arrogant, not to get delusions of grandeur, not to think that you are somehow fully perfect and you've reached your full potential. So that's um, that's very important to note, is that we very much try our very best to constantly improve. That's important. Mm. So with regards to the rules that you've mentioned, Obviously, we've got a zero-tolerance policy with regards to a lot of stuff, namely homophobia, namely racism, namely transphobia, ableism, ageism. So these are things that, unfortunately, in history, at one point or another, they were acceptable in society, which obviously today we look back at it and be like, how? How on earth was this acceptable at some point? But obviously, in today's society, thankfully, we are blessed enough to live in today's society that these things are unacceptable mm. however just saying that they're unacceptable is not enough you need to take active measures to ensure that nobody is getting discriminated against at the end of the day this is a nightclub setting that i'm talking about but in every setting in life you should not be defined by anything other than the fact that you're a human being and you have the same equal rights as anybody else so you come to the nightclub doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter what sexual orientation you've got, doesn't matter uh, what you look like or what you believe in. At mm. the end of the day, you're just there to have a bit of fun. So we need to ensure that whilst you're having fun, you're not getting discriminated against. Mm. That's very important. And um, as I've mentioned, I don't believe that um, we are in a perfect situation. I don't think anybody in today's society is. If anybody claims they are, I think they are lying. Mm -hmm. But um, it is important to see it as the bare minimum, but also as the goal. So it's a bit difficult because it's a bit of a dichotomy. It's a bit of a paradox, but I'm saying it's bare minimum, but it's also the goal. The problem with that is that in theory, the zero tolerance should be um, should be the bare minimum. But in practice, in our today's society, it is also a goal that we all need to work together towards to achieve. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Wow. Very good with your words, aren't you, Arian? I try my best, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next bit, which is something that um, we touched on a bit in episode two, actually, when Wallo was asked for, because obviously Wallo is the welfare for our hockey club awesome. on, the, on the committee. And what Wallo spoke about was when we were speaking together about the roles of the welfare, and it was about when someone gets too drunk at a social say, like what his protocol is. What, what was? What, do you want me to just go into? I mean, yeah. Well, socials is obviously a slightly bit different to a normal chalk Monday sort of thing. But I mean, you get probably just as drunk both times. You, don't you, you? probably do, but it's a, well. I think the main thing for socials, especially Wednesday night, um, whether you're in prison or in walkabout, which is where we go before before yeah. our club, is just making sure everyone feels good, making sure there's no conflict with the societies. There's quite a few. Sussex, Brighton, Uni, mm -hmm. different societies, different sports, making sure everyone's 
Okay, I think, I hope everyone knows that there's always some sort of committee member that is available to like sort out any issues. Yeah. I think that's one thing we always, we've always tried to make clear is that there's someone you can speak to if there is an issue. And I think we've done that a few times this year and yeah, it's worked definitely. It's worked well. Yeah, and I've also, I've had it personally, like, um, I know we're not, I'm not focusing on chalk here, but uh, uh, with our socials, I've I've known that, I mean, Rollo, you've spoken to me and I've had the social sex speak to me like, there may have been one or one one or two times where I may have been a bit too drunk, what and there's always like tank? a there's yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm <laughs> referencing. There's always a time where there's a hand on the shoulder, like people are checking on you. It's yeah. always there's always it's always fine. Yeah. I will also say that we also we're also quite not eagle-eyed, but we're very aware of what's going on. So if we see something at a social, it gets debriefed in the morning pretty much straight away. Yeah, and we try and sort any issues we see. So I'm guessing like, so yeah, so the reason why I've asked that is like that must also correlate a bit to how you run the club in a bit in terms of when, especially what well, the bit I want to focus on now is just when people get too drunk. Because obviously at a student club, when you're doing deals at Chalk where it's five pound, five years. Oh, I love that deal. That's my favorite deal. Uh, before 12.30, pound, 50 pints before midnight. And is it three pound, 50 doubles all night? It is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Monday anyway. Great deal. Go Chalk Monday. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so how, like, how do you, deal with the people that get you drunk what is your protocol in that so, sense to be perfectly honest with you my team mm. the most important thing that's um actually let me give you a very brief outline of what we do with societies so at the beginning of each academic year i build a relationship with different societies in both unis brighton and sussex that may be interested in bringing their socials to our nights at fat pops at chalk what now, do you prefer sussex though um, I'm, I'm a Brighton student myself, <laughs> so, you know, bit of a conflicting situation here. That's, a, that's a no comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's> a, yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing with regards to the chat that I have with these societies at the very beginning is that I want you guys to have a fun time. You know, you're students, you're young, you want to go out and you want to experience the world. And this is the, this is a very precious few years that you have at uni that you get to live um, a certain lifestyle. However... Fun is important, but safety first. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you guys to have a fun night, but I want you guys to have a safe night. Mm. I want you guys to end up at home safe and wake up the next morning not feeling that you have done the most embarrassing stuff you could think of, or God forbid, wake up in a dangerous situation. So in my time at Fat Pops, and um, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't want to give myself too much credit because this is a collective effort. You know, we've yeah. got a team at Fat Pops and at Chalk. We have tried to ensure that our customers are having fun by giving these drink deals. Obviously, you know, these drink deals are attractive, you know, because, um, because you know, students don't have a lot of money. And obviously, the cheaper the drink deals are, the more attractive it becomes to students. However, we need to be making sure that binge drinking is not happening mm. because binge drinking obviously it has um three different aspects to it first of all it's not good for your physical health secondly it mm. certainly is not good for your mental health and thirdly it can put you in dangerous situations mm. so we try to prevent that happening 
and the measures that we can talk about, the measures that we use as to yeah. how to prevent that. I was going to say that, you know how he said um, with the drink deals, I find that when I go into a club like Chalk, I mean, thankfully I work there now, but when I, like, if I go to a club where it's cheap drink deals, I find I spend more because I know it's so cheap. I just go and buy more drinks. Does no one else Yeah, definitely. That? You just, you're like, oh, got to get my one, yeah, money's worth. Like, yeah, it's like five pounds, <laughs> five, oh, fine, I'll just get like 10, but you don't realise like over a while you're going to yeah. spend so much more. But yeah, sorry, go on to the measures yeah. you say that you put so, in. There's two aspects to this. One's, one is the preventative measures. Mm. So it's the measures that you use to prevent somebody getting too drunk. And the other is what you do when somebody is already too drunk. So the preventative measures are not 100% effective because human beings have different tolerances. You know, somebody may have five Jaeger bombs and completely fall on the floor. Mm. And somebody may have 15 and still look relatively composed yeah the so first option is but so the preventative measures not 100 percent work but the biggest preventative measures that we use is on the front door before a customer enters the club yeah so obviously our doormen are trained to in a few seconds be able to judge whether somebody is too drunk to enter or whether somebody is on the edge. So if they have another drink, then they'll be too drunk to be inside. Mm. So that's important because sometimes, and this is a point of conflict with a lot of people because they don't get in and they're like, but I'm not drunk at all. I don't feel like I'm too drunk to get into a nightclub. We know that people go to pre's before they come clubbing. Mm. We know that people are not sober when they're coming to the club. Mm. Everybody has been to some form of pre's. Nobody comes to a nightclub sober. Some people do, to be so, fair. Yeah, maybe so. But most people don't. At a student club, yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's quite rare. Yeah. So we know that people have had some amount to drink. The question is whether the amount that they've had to drink is has already been too much or whether one more drink or a couple of more drinks would tip them over. So that's the idea. So sometimes people are very much frustrated because they haven't been let in because one of the doormen has told them they're too drunk. They feel like they're not too drunk. But the reality is that we don't have a personal grudge against anyone. It's in our interest for more people to come inside the club. So it doesn't make money-wise, it doesn't make any sense for us to tell someone that they can't come in. It is, at the end of the day, for their own safety. Yeah, it, it, can, be, it can be one of the most annoying things in the world, but yeah. it's a perfect measure. Like it's, it's, a, it's there for a reason. Yeah, it is there for a reason, and also it needs to be enforced, obviously, within reason. Not all the time you may get the call right, because, as I said, people have different personalities. Somebody may be very extroverted and they've had a bit to drink, so they may look far drunker than somebody who's a bit more introverted. And as I said, there's different in, difference in personality. So what I'm trying to um, say here is essentially, we have these broad guidelines, broad rules that we try to apply to all situations, but sometimes we may get it wrong. So somebody may be frustrated because they actually haven't had that much to drink. Maybe they've had only one point and it just looks like that they're too drunk. But the reason that we are turning them away or they've been turned away or asked to go and sober up or asked to go and get some food is genuinely not because anybody has any personal grudge against these people because they don't know them. You know, you need to know someone to have a grudge against them. Well, don't have a grudge against anyone anyway. But if you, you know, if you don't know them, then it's obviously not personal. And secondly, it's not because it's in our interest, because it's in our interest to let them in, to mm. get their money from them. That's ultimate. It's a business. You yeah. Know? But money is important, 
But then again, safety is more important. So the reason these people are getting turned away is for their own safety, not for my safety, for their own safety, mm. because we believe that another drink or a couple of more drinks could have disastrous effects on them. You know. Yeah, I think it's also important, especially a club like Chalk, where the drinks are quite cheap. If they're going in already quite over the limit, and they they know it's such cheap drinks in there, then you're gonna it's gonna yeah, start. Yeah, hundred percent. It massively is. Yeah, definitely true. Because I went out in London on Friday. I went to a place called Studio Three Three Eight. And I went in quite drunk. And the second I walked in, it was like 16 pounds a double. So I was like, well, I'm just not going to get Jesus. any drink. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you get for going to a club in near the O2. That is true. Um, but yeah, massive agree with what you say there, Robert, in terms of when you walk into chalk, if you're already a bit drunk and you know the drinks are so cheap, it's so, so much more likely to have people that get overly, overly drunk. Yeah, I think for that reason, a lot of people don't do like massive prees if you're going to chalk because you know you can go there and get enough drinks for a very good price that you don't need to go there mashed already. Yeah. Why exactly. it works really yeah, well both yeah. ways. Yeah, I think there's been times as well where I've been like at a pub and then we've decided just to go to chalk early because we know the pints are one pound fifty. So we might as well just make the most of that. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. A I completely four, agree. Five pound pint at King Queen. Four, four pounds difference. Get get on the tables upstairs. Have you, we're actually a big fan of using the tables upstairs now, the hockey boys. Yeah, I, I saw it last night. They were oh, really? Yeah, the freshers crazy. have taken them over. Yeah, yeah they have. It's I a good little meeting point, though. It's it's like, great. It you is. can just Everyone, go have a boogie and then just, you know, set set back up base, uh, yeah. back yeah. up the tables upstairs. Everyone likes to um, sit there to start with, have a few pints, just talking, and we all get into the dance floor after. Yeah, it's a good thing to be fair. Yeah. The problem is, with, uh, I find, though, is that I always get too squished in when I go near the dance floor. So I like to stay a bit away now. Because when you're I getting old, bro, I am mm. getting old. Yeah, I clearly am. I mean, yeah, I mean, my final year of uni, so the hangovers have hit me way worse than they than they should be. But yeah, like in my first year, I used to be so much more keen to like get into the middle and get on like the platforms and stuff. But now I'm just not as bothered by it. But I guess that just comes with age. Doesn't well, I don't it? do the platforms. Too much risk of injury. <laughs> oh yeah, very dangerous. Yeah, exactly. He's tall enough anyway. To be yeah, yeah. Be a big yeah. fall if I fell off the stage. Yeah, you don't need the platforms. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It'd be very selfish for me to go on the platforms. Um, oh, the next bit I wanted to ask about was obviously, well, two things really. I think there's the last few things about um, safety. Is one obviously a thing that happens often is when you drink it exacerbates your emotions a bit and it increases the likelihood of people getting rowdy and fights happening. I mean, when I've worked there, I've seen times where people have had to leave and stuff like that. How do you guys deal with that in a sense? Um, so just one more thing before mm. I get to this. Um, I talked about the preventative measures mm. about people getting too drunk in a mm. nightclub. Now let's talk about when they do get too drunk, mm. you know, because that does happen. As I said, you know, people go over the limit for one reason or another. Sometimes it's because lack of self-control. Sometimes it's because, you know, they just they just didn't realize how much they've drank or for mm. many other reasons. So what happens if they have been too drunk? And this probably will connect well with the question you just asked me. Awesome. With people getting too emotional or getting a bit rowdy or getting a bit angry or their emotions essentially amplified. So in reality, when we see someone who's too drunk, the norm used to be in a nightclub that they just instantly get kicked out. Yeah, they get kicked out. It's not a problem anymore, you mm. know. And to this day, most nightclubs that you do go to, that's the that's the way that they deal with it. So you go to a nightclub, you seem too drunk. The doorman comes up to you, be like, you're too drunk, get out. And then they chuck you out on the street. The problem that we realized long ago that this causes is firstly... Let me use an analogy 
between a house party and a nightclub so you completely understand the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. A house party is very fun. You guys have all been to house parties. Yeah. But the problem with it is that it's not a controlled environment. So in a house party, if somebody's too drunk, it's the um, trust that you have in your mates or your strangers to look after you. In nightclubs, there should be professional people who deal with that. Mm. In house parties, you don't know necessarily everyone that is in the party. You don't know if you can trust them. In a nightclub, everyone's IDs have been checked and have been scanned. Mm. So there is a list of people who've, who've been there. And the same, and because it's a controlled environment in a nightclub, we shouldn't just eliminate the problem by saying, well, this guy is too drunk, but we should, or this girl is too drunk, but we should show some care and consideration when somebody is too drunk. Because you mentioned fights. Mm. I will give you an example of, let's say, panic attacks, mm. of somebody getting triggered or somebody having a really tough time. You know, it's not that, because people are complicated beings, human beings are very multi aspects they've got th there's mul multiple aspects to their personalities and to their nature so it's important to note that we need to show care and consideration when we are seeing someone who we believe is too drunk now the most important thing that we've done is the introduction of medics and a safe space in the club mm. so when somebody is too drunk we don't just chuck him out what happens is that we ask them to come with us to the safe space. Now, when they come to the safe space, which is an area at the back of Chalk, and hopefully you guys have never been in there, and I hope you'll never end up there because you won't need it, hopefully. But if you ever need it, there is an area designated to make sure that if you are having a tough time for one reason or another, be it for too much drinking, or be it for because you've been triggered by something, or be it because you just need a bit of air, or be it because... It's been too cramped. You mentioned that the dance floor is quite packed, sometimes be triggering. That can sometimes be a bit too frustrating. You know, you get you may get agitated by it. So if you need it, you can go to the safe space and you can approach any of our doormen, any of the staff in the venue to go to the safe space. And sometimes we, you know, see someone that needs to go to the safe space and we take them to the safe space. So we're not going to kick anyone out before we make sure that they go, they're able to get home safely and that they're gonna leave the club relatively composed. Mm. Obviously, not always possible, the composed bit, but the aspect about them getting home safely, that we can ensure. Mm. How do we ensure that? By trying to find one of their friends, by letting them sit in the safe space for a bit, to sober up a little bit, to have a, um, to just get away from that environment of dancing and loud music and just, just you know, relax for a minute, sit over here, and sometimes you don't need necessarily all the care in the world. You just need someone to come up to you and be like, are you okay, mate? You know, sometimes in life it's like that. You don't need the world. You just need the one person to come up to you, put a hand around your shoulder and be like, are you going to be all right? And not just are you going to be all right, but you are going to be all right. Because at the end of the day, we've all been there. We've all had a bit too much to drink. But sometimes your emotions can get the better of you. And in that moment, because you're already a bit too drunk as well, you may get overwhelmed and feel like you're drowning in your emotions. Mm. So it is important for someone to pull you out of that. Now, we've got the medics who are trained for this, who are professionals, and we've got an area designated for this, which is the safe space. And we've got well-being officers at Chalk, which is um, some of the staff at Chalk. These are not medics. These are just well-being mm -hmm. officers who are also trained to deal with situations like this. 
So it is important. So first of all, we are happy for you guys to come in. But also, once you come in, it is our responsibility to make sure that you're getting home safe. That's also important. Obviously, it is a it's a shared responsibility. It's not just on the club. It's also on to you. You know, you need to make sure that first of all, we are all responsible for our personal safety. But we should be able to live in a kinder world in which that we care for each other. And at Chalk, we've tried to apply that principle by designating a safe space, by having people who are not only trained but also care about these things. It's important. Care is important. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's how we try to deal with people who maybe are showing um, different types of emotion. As for fights, coming back to your mm. points originally about people potentially getting into fights, um, there's different reasons as to why fights happen. Sometimes it's because a very small thing has triggered it. Sometimes it's because there's been beef already between these people. Sometimes it's because, I don't know, you've been talking to my girl or whatever. Mm. You know, like these things could happen. Yeah. Ultimately, one of the biggest problems that we've got in this country right now is violence. Yeah, obviously, you, you go on the news every day, you see some form of violence happening in one place or another. Sometimes it's just physical violence with your own body. Sometimes, unfortunately, it goes to stabbings and stuff like that. Obviously, it clearly is a societal problem, violence in general, which obviously we should all get together and tackle. I think pretty much everyone in this country has realized that we've got a problem. Obviously, the measures that the government is doing, in my opinion, is not enough, but there needs to be more. Maybe somebody disagrees with me, but that's a societal problem to begin with. Now, let's narrow it down to our setting. Because, mm. you know, we don't live outside of the world. We, we're not isolated. You know, chalk and nightclubs are not um, isolated from the rest of the world, you know. So let's narrow it down to our situation. What happens if you get into a fight? First of all, we try to find out what has caused the fight. Yeah, because sometimes it's easy to kick both parties out and be like, well, just go your own ways and that's it. Mm. But yeah. sometimes there clearly is someone in the right and there clearly is someone in the wrong. You know, maybe you haven't even punched anyone or pushed anyone or done anything. Just somebody just punched you because for whatever reason, maybe they even punched the wrong person. But for you to get kicked out because somebody has done you dirty mm -hmm. is in itself doing you dirty. Yeah. So we try to establish the facts first. However, bear in mind that we are not the police we are not the judiciary and we don't have all the tools in our hand. So sometimes we may not be able to establish the facts that quickly as to what has happened. And also sometimes it's not as black and white as I just portrayed it to begin with. Sometimes both parties have had somewhat some form of involvement. But the general rule is that if you get physical with somebody else in the club, you will be asked to leave. And then if you try to resist leaving then you will be um then you will be taken out with reasonable force mm. you know obviously reasonable force doesn't mean the bouncer is going to come and smash you and then chuck you out it th these bouncers should be able to control themselves and contain themselves and conduct themselves in a professional and respectful way and that is something that is also a work in progress amongst doormen at chalk and amongst doormen in general you know that is not something that is perfect i'm not going to tell you sit here and say everyone conducts themselves perfectly no Sometimes mistakes may happen, but ultimately, in general, we try our very best to make sure that they are conducting themselves properly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, with violence, they'll be asked to leave. If we cannot establish the facts 
very quickly. And if we also, if we have a situation that we still think that these people need to calm down a little bit, they will be then taken to the safe space as well. Can I just say about the safe spaces? Um, I just think that like getting them involved in clubs is so much, like it's really, really important. And I think that Maeve even touched on it. You know, when you did the International Women's Day yes. episode and she talked about how she had contact with PRISM and how no one was really quite sure of if there was a safe space or, you know, the protocols they go through and people just getting kicked out straight away is just not the right way to deal with it. I think this having this, you know, bouncers looking out for people, caring about each other, it's just, it's a much more beneficial way of looking at the problem of people getting too drunk in clubs. And I just think it's a perfect way to deal with it, having yeah. that safe space for people to just chill out for a second and just, you know, have a moment to themselves to collect themselves and then maybe they can go back out or maybe they can, you know, find an easy way home. Yeah, definitely. I think that brings back to the whole thing about the good environment short brings. I've definitely had my times in club, like all my mates, there hasn't even been a fight. People just been pushing. So there's just been a bit of pushing on the dance floor and they've gone in and just kicked them both out straight away. Mm. Whereas that's not the right way to do it. The way you guys do it, it's much better just in terms of you actually try and establish and try and give them a minute to think about it and talk, which I think people appreciate so much more. They might not realize at the time because they're really drunk, but definitely when they leave the club and they think about the situation, they'll be much more understandable with the bouncers as such. I would also say if you, you do get people that will just push you randomly, which is definitely an issue, but I would just say it's always best to just walk away. Tell your other cheek, tell a bouncer, tell your mate and just, or just leave it. You know? Said like a true welfare. Yes, Thank you. definitely. <laughs> Violence is not the answer at all for absolutely anything. But yeah, just quickly, it would just answer a quick question about obviously there's one last thing to do with this um, whole club aspect is obviously last year a big sorry to everyone listening there was uh, seagulls in the background there was a quite a big issue with spiking in clubs it was around what's it says o October time in 2021 which I think was also just quite in and out last year I think there was a period last year where there was, was a really hot spot wasn't there there was a period like a month maybe start of first second term last year well, I mean, people ended up boycotting Prism at one point because of it. Um, and it was obviously such a massive deal for all clubs, which introduces so many more protocols that clubs introduced. Do you want to just tell us, like give us a brief description of what you guys introduced um, from the Spy King? Absolutely. So the thing about it, as I mentioned about preventative measures before, mm. so there are things that, so with these, um, so last year what happened, the spiking got highlighted a lot more in the news. Now, obviously... We saw an increase in terms of spikings and we saw new ways of spiking that we hadn't seen before, like injections. Injections is pretty that. mental. Like that was something that it was alien to all of us before that. Like yeah. We hadn't thought about that. Um, but obviously it happened. It happened in the whole country. It was happening and it was in national news. So before that, we already had preventative measures on how to prevent spiking happening in the club. So if you go to a nightclub, for instance, at the bar, the bartenders are not allowed to make the drink without you seeing it. Mm. So you will always, and even if you go to a pub, the pint is always poured in front of you, not at the back, not underneath the counter, in front of you. I don't know if you guys have noticed this before, but every drink that you buy in public needs to be poured in front of you and you need to see the whole process of it. So that's the first aspect for you to ensure that the bartender is not the one, you know, mm. God forbid, doing something to your drink. So that's the first preventative measure in terms of our staff doing the right thing and doing the safe thing. The second thing is giving people um, these um, plastic lids 
if they ask for it on there to cover their drinks. Massive thing now. Use it. I use it every yeah. time, mainly you because know. of spilling drinks as well. Spilling <laughs> drinks, like you know, it has like it's sometimes in life it's interesting. You <clears throat> introduce something to um, help with one thing, but it also has other benefits. Like as you mentioned, obviously yeah. the main point of these lids is to is for spiking not to happen, but also you know it doesn't your, your drink doesn't get leaked either. So mm. you know you're winning all around. So um, that's one of the things that we've introduced. The other thing is also having drug kits inside the club, mm. which are then used to make sure that have you take ha, have you been spiked or have are you under the influence of any drugs? So if somebody is um, essentially in doubt or suspicious of the fact that themselves or one of their friends may have been spiked, we've got a drug kit that can be used to determine whether there is something in your system or not. Now, the drug kit is not 100% because, bear in mind, it's not a hospital, the nightclub. But once we establish that somebody is under the influence of drugs, then the next step is to call the ambulance services and for that person to then be taken to the hospital. Once we've established that there is um, a possibility of mm -hmm. somebody being under the influence of drugs in the sense of, and them saying, well, I haven't taken any drugs, which in that case, it would be spotted it would be spiking. So then they would be asked to, but then the ambulance would come and take them to the hospital. But as I mentioned, the safe space is also very important because, um, so that's one of the measures that was introduced, the, med the, the medics on site every club night. Yeah, You know, that's important because these people know how to deal with it far better than, because I could be the most caring person in the world. Yeah. But you don't want me to perform open heart surgery on you, even <laughs> though if I care for you. Yeah. You know, ultimately, <laughs> Care is one thing. Mm. Having the ability to show that as well. care is also another thing. So, mm. you know, the medics are people who care, but also people who've got the credentials to back that care up. You know, mm. it, that is important. Sometimes in life, it's important to, um, to admit to your own shortcomings and pass the responsibility to someone who can do it better than you. Yeah. So yeah. in a lot of nightclubs, because people think, well, you know, some doorman or some nightclub manager or some person may think, well, you know, I care. I think most people care about these things. But it is important to know that you are not, you don't have the right credentials to deal with this situation. Yeah, definitely. A medic does. Even though you care, nobody's saying that you don't care. Mm. You need to pass it on to someone else who can do it properly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, medics will be there to deal with it. Obviously, spiking is something that hasn't gone away. You know, let's no, not be still definitely, I don't think. It was there before the news came out. Obviously, we saw a surge of it last year. It still exists. It's a problem in mm. society. And it's something that it is up to each and every one of us, if we ever see it, to call it out, to make sure that if, God forbids, one of your friends is doing it, you know, you need to make sure that you're no longer friends with this person. Yeah. But And also for them to be, um, to be taken to the authorities because people need to answer because this is a crime and it's one of the most heinous crimes that you could do. It is disgusting. Yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. Uh, the worst form of conduct to be done in a club. I mean, I've had a few friends that have been spiked and it's not nice to even look at. I it mean, can cause serious trauma as well. It's yeah. not just the actual drug. It's long-term effects. If yeah. you get spiked in the club, why on earth would you want to even go out again or be yeah, put at risk? And it's so difficult, especially at somewhere like university because... University, the main thing about uni is people are going out so much for these uh, cheap nights and all that, and all your friends are going out, yet you don't feel comfortable going out about it. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, 
if you are listening and you have experienced biking to that sort of thing, well, this is, I think Arian just spoke about a few ways there about what the clubs do to let you know that clubs are trying their best to, to help with these situations. Obviously, we're aware that this is still something ongoing, but also speak to your friends about it because, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the thing we always say in the podcast. That's the only way you're going to be able to get over it is be able to speak to your friends about it and understand because I think it's quite easy to try and put it off and act like it's not something bothering you as well, spiking because your friend, you just want to go out all the time and act like it hasn't happened. But yeah, if you are have experienced stuff like that, please, please do speak to your friends about it or even let clubs know about it because they're going to be very approachable and very understanding in the situations Can to try I and improve. Add one more thing to this. Mm. Um, you mentioned clubs um, trying their best. Um, this, the fact that we've got a safe space and a medic on site at every club night is not the norm. Mm. This is the exception. Most nightclubs do not have this. Now, to anyone hearing this, I plead them to ask nightclubs for these stuff because although medics, it costs money, mate, you know, it costs a lot of money to have a medic on site and ultimately in every business, the decisions that are made would have to make business sense. It needs to be justified monetarily. That's mm. ultimately the reality. Let's not beat around the bush here, you know. We don't, this is not a charitable organization. Nightclubs are not charities, you mm. know. Um, but I believe that as you can see, like the way you introduced me was that Chalk is a successful nightclub. The reason we are successful is because of these measures. Yeah. So if other nightclubs do it, long term, they will reap the rewards of it and they will see. So it's not just because of care and consideration, which I think is the main motivation, but also because business wise, this will make sense. This will help them financially. So I think we should move towards a direction that every nightclub, every nightlife sector based um venue should have these things because not only to help their clientele but it will help them as well because they will build a trust you know if you have had a bad night and god forbid if you've been spiked or if you've been in a fight or if you've had a panic attack and you've been shown care and consideration from a professional you're far more likely to return to that venue. Hundred percent. You know, ultimately, that's the reality. Yeah, you know? it's that idea of safety, isn't it? If you feel safe there, you're going to go there. Hundred percent, mate. Um, yeah. Well, I think we've sort of covered everything to do with nightlife safety there perfectly. Is there anything you'd wanted to boys thought we needed to add in there? No, I think Aaron summed up brilliantly. Yeah. I think it's clear that clubs are sort of coming round to this. The awareness is really increasing. Mm. I think one thing, the awareness sort of that the news covered it, it became a massive thing. Um, I've had a few times where like, it's always worth being extra cautious if you ever think you've been spiked like that. So for example, if you feel like something weird in your arm or like say like there's something weird here, it's worth getting your mate to check. Can yeah. you see a needle mark or anything? Like always be over, over cautious because if it does happen, it's one of the like, the worst things to happen. I think it's really easy like that as well, just to like brush it off and not worry about it. I mean, it's not as much of a problem now. Obviously it was just a lot more, I don't know if it is still much more of a problem now the whole injecting thing, but I feel like it was much more prominent last year but i feel like when you're drunk it's so easy just not to worry about it but i remember do you remember the period where it was really well known in the news i remember i went out to out in cardiff to go see my brother and we went to the summer then and like all girls were all just like holding their sides all the time just looking at man i just it just felt like such a weird time to be yeah, i mean I, I don't know if this is normal or not but i had my friend who like they literally wouldn't let her take an EpiPen in because Sort of thing. Really? Yeah. yeah that wasn't mental. chalk, but that was you know, that was quite Pretty a big mental, thing as well. wasn't it? But I think it's really good we've got you on Aaron to speak about the protocols you have that are not the norm as well, just for other people to realise that you guys are doing that extra bit to make uh, people feel like it's a more safe environment. I mean that as we just said that definitely corresponds to 
how well you guys do and that why people like to come to chalk so much i mean you've got people that come every monday thursday friday yeah, and saturday i didn't realize when i worked there that there's people that literally come every single day of the week so <laughs> okay. religion mate yeah it literally is shout yeah. out i mean yeah no. loves to go well, you know that's the sad thing like what you two just mentioned about people being apprehensive or people being paranoid do we want to live in a paranoid society most definitely do you want to be constantly looking over your shoulder how do we make sure that that is not the case mm-hmm. by all working together and by doing these things, which, in my opinion, should be the bare minimum. But as I mentioned, it's also a goal. Yeah, you know, that's another point. That's an, this, we're going to reach the same conclusion as last time is that there are things in life that should be the bare minimum, but they're not. So let's mm. put our hands up. But we can work towards it. So one day it will become one. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. Those are some brilliant points that you've given us there. I think just because Owen needs to go in 15 minutes. Oh, God, please don't to, keep putting this down no, to no. me. <laughs> I'll go. Um, just because we have a bit for time, we can come back to other things after. But should we do the quiz now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go on yeah, then. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. What is the quiz? I've never done the quiz. So um, the quiz is I have five questions. This is about clubs and alcohol, because obviously that's like okay. what the thing is today. You can have a buzzword and okay. I'll ask a question and he's got to say the buzzword, then... Get the answer, essentially. Oh, okay. I've got like six questions here, some about Brighton, some about generally just things about clubbing and alcohol. This can be some that are the closest to and that sort of thing. But the first thing we need, obviously, is that you three need your own buzzword. Mm. I've got one. Okay. I'm going to go for, in the in the spirit of chalk, Jaeger is Jaeger. my buzzword. Jaeger. Yeah. What's yours, bro? Uh, I'll go with pints. I thought you were going to go like prism and patterns. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have walked out. <laughs> Aaron, what is your buzzword? My buzzword is outrageous. 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 Yeah. Nice. Aaron says the word outrageous mm. all the time. Which is outrageous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, so the first question. So according to this website called Day Out in England, um, I can wait. I'll, for this one, you can guess until someone gets the answer. What is the most popular alcoholic drink in England? Pints. Beer. No. Didn't he need to say... Oh, you did say the buzzword, sorry. Yeah. Quite similar to the answer. Jaeger. Is it Sambuca? No, it's not. No. Is it white wine? No, it's not. You didn't do your buzzword, Arian. Oh, I didn't, yeah. Pine. Outrageous. (laughs) Not white wine. Vodka? No. I'll tell you, it's a mix of two drinks. Oh. That should give it away. Outrageous. Vodka Coke? No. No. Uh, just gin and tonic. Yes. Oh. Point to Arian. That's not really a drink that you have at university much. No, it's say. not. That's why I'm quite surprised when I saw that. But apparently, ten years ago, it was uh, became the most. It had a resurgence in England, and that's why it's one of the most popular drinks. I feel like it's more for the adults. There was definitely a period where gin was like a massive thing. I remember. Yeah, I definitely ago. had my G and T phase. To be fair, it was two. Oh, years Oh, that ago. was my lockdown. Every every week when I got my weekly shop, when I got a <laughs> new bottle of gin to try, it was lovely. Really? But Whitley Neal, mate. I don't drink gin personally. No, I don't. Bad experience. I don't like the hangover. It's too. It's just too strong for me. I'm just. It's not for me. Okay. Right. So one point to Arian. Right. Thank the you. next question. Do you understand the gist of it, now, Arian? Arian? Yes, yeah. sir. I yeah. mean, I'm. I'm in. I'm in the lead. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the most popular beer in the UK as of this is as of 2022? Outrageous Carling. No. Pikes. Jaeger. Oh. Budweiser. No. Stella Artois. Yes, boy for Buffy. There we are, good man. Right, one, one, nil. Okay, right. How many millimeters is in a shot glass? Outrageous, twenty-five. No. Pints, thirty-five. No. Jaeger, thirty. No. Pints, twenty-nine. Did you say? Did you say millimeters or milliliters? 
Milliliters is what it's meant to be. Sorry. I mean, the size of a single shot is 25. Yeah, well, this is, this is what I don't know because yeah, you it says a singles. We looked at it online and it says a singles. Oh, we just want to do this at the point. A singles 25, but a shot glass actually milliliters is 44.4. Oh, I hmm. did not know that. Maybe that's the size of the glass is bigger than the actual shot Maybe. you get. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But then we thought, what? Is a shot then got more milliliters than it than a single lemonade? That can't be right, can it? That's weird. No, a shot should be a single. A shot is 25. Yeah. 25 okay. Well, well that's my sure. bad then. We'll move on to the next one. No, I uh, get the point, mate. Why? Because I said 25. Oh, okay. Fine. We'll give you the I'm point. Joking, no, 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 no we'll leave it be. Um, so I don't know if we'll get this, but according to Google... What is the most expensive club in the UK? I can give, I can, I'll give you a point. Pints, get the, Ministry of Sound. No, I'll give you a point if you get the, the area of London. Diego, Mayfair. Yeah, that's thank you. Bosh. It's the Hackerson over uh, Hackerson. Oh, Hackerson. That's in like every Hackerson. rap song ever. Yeah, it's the NGM at the NGM Grand Hotel. But this is a bonus point. What is the highest that it says online? I'm sure actually on the door it's way more. You know how it's like where they just charge way more. Yeah. What is the highest men can pay up to for entry? Yeah, go five thousand pounds. No, like way less. Pints. Uh, One hundred and fifty. No, less. Oh. This is what I don't think it's true. Is what, what that club? <laughs> yeah, you got 60. Close. Outrage is 50. Pints, 55. No. no. Yeah, you got 70. 65. Yeah, you got 80. Yeah, you got 90. Yeah, you got 100. No, no, you got to do your password. Pints, 65. No. Yeah, you got 40. 100. No, no. Pints, 45. No. Yeah, you got 30. How has no one said this what? number? It was Outrage higher is 20. Up. Pints, 69. No. Pints, 80. Close. Pints, 90. 90. No. Pints, £99. Oh, my God. Oh, please, just say it. Yes, let's go. Happy days, the bad times. Um, I got a whitewash last time, and again, whitewashed again. Um, <laughs> is it 2-2-0? Two, two Might be. Um, yeah, so also, the, it says the most you pay for women is £50, apparently. Um, uh, okay, these are three more fun ones. What is the name of the pints sold at Chalk? Pints. Chalk oh. Pint? No. Yeah, you go. Chalk Lager. Chalk Pilsner. Yeah, oh. good. Unbelievable point, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Great pint. Um, what is the best club in Brighton? Pints, yeah, Chalk. Oh. Thank, well, you. Thank you. Thank you. My, Thank first, you. my first point in two <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> and what is Fat Pop's favourite club at Sussex University? Yeah, you go. Chalk. What? No, favourite uh, society. Pints, hockey. Oh my God. You, you messed the question up. Sorry. This is the quick reaction to bring me back <laughs> into this What's one. the point? Is it 2-2-2? Two, two, two? Might yeah, be now. Yeah. It is 2-2-2, two, 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 yeah. Well, no, I'm on three. No, I'm not on three, sorry. Comeback of dreams. Is it two, well, I'll need to think of a, another Decider. question then. Bonus question. Right, this is going to be more of a fun one. I'm thinking of a song by an artist that is played every single Monday. It's a classic that you hear every single Monday. Whoever can... I guess it gets Katy Perry Teenage Dream. No, that's not even played at all. Ah, are we looking for the artist or the song name? You can do the artist. Pints Arctic Monkeys. No, close though. Outrageous Queen. No. Oh, Jaeger Seven Door Cinema Club. Two Door Cinema Club. Two Door Cinema Club. Yeah, we'll give Owen the point. Thank you. I don't know why I said Seven Door, but without fail, you were here Two Door Cinema Club every Monday. That is outrageous. He said it wrong. I did say it wrong. Well, congratulations, Owen. You win. No way. Rollo is going to get you a free pint tomorrow for it. Thanks, Rollo. Owen will give you some free shot cards. If you score. 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> on record, we have just shaken hands on me getting free shot cards. Um, right. So now, speaking of songs, we're now going to move on to the obviously fairly new component of the podcast, which is song of the week. Have you thought of a song, Arian, that you would recommend oh, for song of the week? Oh, Fantastic. Which is my song of the week is this song called "Hooked on a Feeling" by Blue Suede. Hooked on a feeling and by Beyond Blues. Skiffs. What sort of song is it? Do you want me to play it? Uh, you can play it, but I can't keep that in, so you have to... Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we, we can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very high energy song. Yeah, very high energy song. What what made you choose that song? It was just nice. You know, okay. Add it to the short playlist. Yeah. Mm. I probably should, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> you get some funky moves. Yeah, yeah. that'd be... Yeah, it is very funky. Play it as a send-off song. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if you want to get everyone out. <laughs> I'll be eight. It's a lovely song. Mola, <laughs> uh, what is your song of the week? So mine is slightly inspired because I recently watched Creed 3. So okay. A great film. I haven't watched it yet. And this week I've been trying to get locked in for the big game on Wednesday. So okay. it's a bit more of a, a rap song. It's yeah. a... Let me see who it's by. It's Adonis Interlude uh, by Dreamville and J. Cole. Mm. Okay. What sort of song is that? Bit of a hype song, bit of a rap song. I think it's played when Creed's doing his training. So guess guess me hyped a little bit. Very nice. Okay. Uh, Owen, do you want to tell us your song? Yeah, my song is inspired by two of my housemates. Mm. Um, I'm give them a shout out. Yep, Johnny and Lawrence, shout out. Shout out, Lawrence. Uh, it is T-Pain Mashup. It is a beautiful, beautiful song. T-Pain. T-Pain. It's a mashup though, but with with Kurt Hugo Schneider on Spotify. And it is an absolute beautiful anthem. Okay. It's something to get you in your feels. What is it? What sort of a vibe are we going for? It's just the T-Pain being un but no, no, no. It's just like it's just T-Pain singing, man. Fair enough. It's unbelievable. Um, I haven't actually thought about my song of the week this week. Wow. But Cheers, I will do. Uh, oh, do I want to do? I had one in mind, but I have, I've got two in mind. Um, I want to give a shout out to Better Now by Hybrid Minds. If you're a fan of Hybrid Minds and that sort of music, uh, definitely to give that a lesson. But the song I'm going to choose this week is different. It's Coming Home by Diddy and Skylar Grey. Do we know the song? I do not. I'm coming so. home. Oh, coming oh, of course. Oh, yeah, so I've yeah, been yeah. getting into my UFC this week. Good man. Uh, because I deleted TikTok. So now I'm more on YouTube Shorts. I'm on YouTube Shorts is just full of UFC. So I've been watching a bit more of John Jones recently. And do you know his walkout where he did that oh, to, to come in home? I know exactly what you and mean. And it's quite exactly a hype song mean. for our game tomorrow. So that is my song of the week this week. Go give it a listen. That walkout is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, we'll way. be putting them all on the story when this episode is out. So you can obviously vote for your favourite one, as we'll be doing every week. Okay, right. So thank you, Owen, for coming on the episode Thank you, this podcast. Week. Goodbye, everyone. Um, you've done a smashing job, mate. Um, but Owen has to go and play for Gangsters Out of Dice against the Dijon Dons. Are you Good expecting luck, to win, Owen? Of course we're going to win. Yeah. Right, so yeah, those are our songs of the week. Um... Was there anything else you want to speak about? I've got one slightly question I was thinking about that I was going to ask. Yeah, about, I thought yeah. we'd just do the fun bit there while Owen's here. And obviously, now it's yeah. Good luck, Owen, your game against Dijon Dons. But the Dijon Dons will smash you. Um, carry on. Yeah. So in terms of clubs in Brighton, there's obviously a lot, a lot to choose from. How do you working for sort of Fat Pops Chalk as your main club? How do you sort of perceive others to clubs? Do you see them as like rivals, or do you try and work with them? What's your sort of like? Way of looking at your it's a very interesting question, actually. Your competitors in the industry, essentially, but also could be. A it friends. is a good question. To be perfectly honest with you, my team. Um, weirdly enough, I believe that in general, 
if other clubs are also doing well, that means there's more of a buzz in town. So let's say on a Monday night at Chalk, you come to Chalk, but that's the only option that you really have because no other club is really open. You know, fact of the matter is, is that if every club in Brighton, well, not every club, but if a lot of clubs are busy, that means there is more buzz around town in general. So obviously, on the same nights that every club is open, they are competitors, you know, we are competing with each other. But with competition, it is important to note that if everybody's winning, probably it's better than just us winning. Because long term, it means that Monday night out is a thing, not just chalk on a Monday. Mm. And that means more people are going to come out on a Monday night on a Thursday night, on a Friday night, on a Saturday night. Because, like, some people... I mean, a thing we have often, which is so... What I often do, which, I mean, it's the only role Arian puts me for, is Stamp. And Stamp is my work, uh, is 11 to 3. And that's because we work till 3 because a lot of people might go to a club and then come to Chalk after, so they'll come in pretty yeah. late. I mean, we see that quite often on a Thursday because there's... I believe Rocks do an event at Patterns, which yeah, is Y2K, and also Casablanca is obviously do their night on a yeah, Thursday. Yeah. And so Revenge does as well on a Thursday. Revenge does their thing on the Thursday as well. Yeah, so obviously it's quite good that you're all there because it gives you, it's quite likely that someone might go to a club, might not even get in, so they can go somewhere else and that sort of thing. Absolutely. We've spoke about this before though, because now on a Monday, it's really just chalk really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The good thing about it is that, so th in life, you want variety. You don't want the same thing constantly. So in Unless that you're sense, a chalk veteran. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, variety is a good thing. Obviously, I do view them as competitors as well. Like, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, um, Absolutely, I view yeah. them as my best mates. But at the same time, the competition for me is obviously, first of all, not personal. And second of all, it's nothing to do against them. Like, I've got friends that work in other nightclubs. You know, I've, I know the management of many other clubs. And I personally have worked in other clubs with Fat Pops. Like, we've done the Arch and Coalition um, in the past as well. So, yeah, there's nothing against them. And I do wish that they do well. Um, some of them, the reasons that they're not doing so well is because the measures that I just mentioned about Chuck, they just haven't done it. Mm. And eventually it has caught up with them. Like they've gained a bad reputation for mistreating people. I'm not going to name any names because, you know. No, uh, <laughs> they might be listening to this. Yeah, you know. They will be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, they will be listening to this. I mean, it's the biggest podcast probably in... They want tips, mate. In the South Coast. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, some, some of it is for their own doing because, you know, the, the things that I just mentioned are important. They, they help you succeed and they just haven't done it and reputations have been... You know, you know the reputations of these nightclubs. But, you know, um, yeah, well, I do hope that they do well, most of them, because eventually if they do better, that means that there's more people out and that means more people for us as well, you know. Mm. And ultimately, that means that um, more people will be out and about long term. Maybe yeah. on the night, the numbers would dwindle a little bit for us. But overall, long term, there will be more people out and about every Monday, every Thursday, every Saturday, mm. mainly for the weekends as well, because Brighton before COVID used to be more of a more of a party town than it is now. Yeah. You know, the hustle and bustle in town was far more than what it is now, mm. which is probably not good for the local economy. Because bear in mind, you look at nightclubs and you see only one one business. I look at nightclubs and I look at the Uber there or the bus there the taxi back home, mm. the kebab around it, you know. So this is this has a local business range, you know. There's other people benefiting from it. Mm. And obviously with less people out, 
less people are benefiting from, mm. less people are making money from it, you know. So yeah, let's hope there's more. But obviously, yeah. you know, people need to have more money to go out. So Absolutely, hope, yeah. yeah. You know, this cost of living crisis, let's hope it gets resolved and people, um, you know, um, earn a bit more and have the ability to spend more on things that would actually make them have fun, you know. Yeah. yeah. So another question I wanted to ask, well, thank you for that question, Bolo. Very good question. Um, was about something to touch on at the end, and then we'll get to the last fun bit, and then we'll wrap it up. Absolutely. Was obviously your job, Arian, I mean, I mean, when I work with you, working in a club in a, a night, especially, let's say, Halloween or uh, New Year's, is massive and it's rammed and it can be a very, very stressful situation. But one thing I admire about you so much is how much you keep your cool in the situations, whether that's when I'm working with you or if I'm trying to come in with my friends, you're always just so chill the whole time. How do you do it? How do you remain in such a calm situation where it's so easily to be stressed? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't always cover myself in glory. Yeah. But um, mo but the thing about it, Matey, is that... It's probably also because you've worked it for so long now. Yeah, it's um, experience, but also um, like doing it obviously for many years, you realise a lot of things, you know how to do it, and you've, you've, you've kind of been in the same situation before, so obviously mm. that helps. But also being level-headed in life is very important because... If I stress, chances are that the rest of my staff are also going to panic. Mm. You know, ultimately, you need level-headed people to be able to take charge of a situation. You know, because if I stress, I probably won't be... But as in, if I overstress, because stress is part of life, you know, and it's sometimes healthy to have a little bit of stress. Mm. But if you overstress and panic, then chances are you're going to make the wrong decisions. So um, fear of making the wrong decisions is one of the motivations. And the other aspect of it is just knowing that regardless of what goes, you know, we've got a job to do, which is to ensure these people's safety, which is make sure that they're getting in in a safe manner. And that's the most important thing, you know, because the motivation behind it is, you know, we've got 2,000 people outside. We need to get them inside the club yeah. to make sure that these guys are not having a horrid time trying to get in. So, yeah, um, you know, that's one of the reasons that I, and also my personality, I'm not a very, um, what's the word for it? I'm not, um, it takes a lot for me to be pushed over the edge. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, so I think, yeah. That's yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I've won a couple of events now myself, Shout Housey events. Absolutely. And I definitely agree. I try to do the exact same thing. I definitely looked at how you run it for Fat Pops in terms of when I'm working, obviously not as big of a team, not as big of an event we do. It's, I mean, you guys do like 900, we do about 300. But definitely the same thing in terms of just trying to keep a level head. I'm not letting people worry. That's the same with me and Aiden, who I do it with, because if we know if we panic about things, then we know that could correspond to people working for us, let's say, shout out Tom Affer, who does the door for me. If I panic about something, then obviously he's going to worry about something. Whereas if I keep a level head and I keep in absolutely in a good state in in my mind, and I know it's going to, and it will show also when you're just even with people. I think, like if you're in a good mood, then it's going to make them in a good mood yeah, as they absolutely. walk in. You know, it's a it's what's about it's exponential growth. Yes, you know, you give someone a smile, they give someone a laugh. There, that person may change somebody's life. Hundred percent. That's the reality of life. You know. Yes. Definitely. So I think we've sort of asked all the questions really want want from you in that sense, Aaron. So now more on a fun one. Got Do it. you have a funniest moment or favourite moment in the past seven years of years you've worked at Fat Pops so that you can pick out? Maybe it's someone you met on uh, at a club night, or something happened, or maybe it's an outfit someone wore. 
Yeah, to be fair, it's, um, it was a very interesting one. It, this happened not that long ago. I mean, yeah. I've got to keep it clean as well. I can't say anything <laughs> here. But, keep it uh, clean. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it was very interesting because some girl came up to me and she said that I've lost my bag. Mm. So I was looking in the cloakroom for probably a good half an hour for her bag and we looked all over the club and we looked at the CCTV to find out what has happened with the bag. And we just couldn't find the bag. And so, you know, I had to have a very awkward conversation with her about the fact that we've lost her bag. And mate, the entire time she was wearing her backpack. The entire time <laughs> oh she was wearing it. No way. Honestly. How drunk was she? She, she wasn't even that drunk. <laughs> that like, is one of those things you just can yeah. do without having no like idea. A backpack yeah. though. Like a surely when she's yeah. going through people, her backpack's hitting into yeah. people. Like it was, And she was crying. And, and was she was, describing it to you as well, like the backpack? Yeah, and you yeah, were just yeah. thinking, oh, yeah. okay, I need to no, find but the thing it. Is, it was a very generic thing as well. It was like a black backpack. Yeah. And we were like, oh, good God. And it was just horrendous because it was. <laughs> and at the end, I was like, man, are you joking? And she was like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, oh, my days. It's half an hour of my yeah. life spent. Honestly, because I was, you know, I was, I was like, because obviously they've trusted us with keeping their yeah. stuff safe. So above all, I'm upset about the fact that we've betrayed their trust because we've lost our item. But, um, you know, at the end, I was very happy that we've at least the backpack was there. But it was very funny because my days. Some yeah. people hey, getting a bit too drunk. Well, yeah, well, I guess to the people listening, just double check if you've got it before exactly, you ask. Exactly, before you ask for it. It definitely is, it is helpful, though. I think definitely when I work there, um, if my friends have a problem, they can quite easily approach me as well. I think it's quite good when you have that whole good social connection with people there absolutely like say like recently Dange I mean I speak about Dange in most podcast episodes but like his friend's phone got locked in the thing and I think it's easier knowing when you know someone working there just to quickly go up to them that's probably why you you try and keep such a good relationship with everyone you work absolutely. with as well because you want them to you want to be approachable for them to then speak to you and that's the same thing that comes with being a welfare wallow if someone has a problem with something you want to be approachable 100% to, yeah to come and speak to you about it approachable, yeah. yeah I remember um well I don't know I've told you this but our, my welfare in my first year for our first social because you knew a lot of us would be uh, losing a lot of the alcohol we drank probably in the walkabout toilet. He provided four packs of gum for the night oh, just God. for everyone's breaths. Which <laughs> is oh, just brilliant because he just knew what was what gonna happen. Man. Yeah, good man. Shout out Alex Drummond if you're listening. Oh, um, yeah, Alex, good man. Good yeah, man. Shout good out man. to you, bro. Yeah, well, I think we've sort of covered everything there. Anything you wanted to ask, Willow? No, I think that was a really insightful podcast. Really yeah, very so Aaron, you're very, very good at, at articulating your words. Thank you very much. Um, so now Learning a, from the best, my friend. Uh, thank you. Um, so now as a roundup, is there anything you wanted to shout out for Fat Pops or anything you have personally coming up that you wanted um, people to know? Anything that I want to mention. First of all, thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure. Obviously, you, you guys um, have different guests every week and you talk about many different issues. I genuinely think it's very important what you guys are doing, which is raising awareness and also having a conversation. You know, um, at this age and in this society, we've got a problem with mental health and you guys have realized that there is a problem and you guys have decided to open a conversation, open a dialogue about it at such an age. I mean, I'm, you're 21 how old are 22, you? 22, 20. 22, 20. You know, you're all fairly young people. Mm. Obviously, having these sort of conversations is helpful. Yeah. It really is because it breaks the taboo of having conversations about things that really matter in life. Mm. We could sit here and talk about football for the next three hours yeah. and we'd see that as normal. Well, how about Tottenham are? That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. And Man United. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Man United yeah. fan. Yeah. I'm a Spurs fan, mate, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Yeah. Top All of us are really good. <laughs> to you guys for doing this. It is very important what you guys are doing. And it's a, it has been a privilege and a pleasure for me to be here. And thank you for having me. And I really do hope that things like this, the podcast that you guys are doing, could result in somebody, if they're listening to this, knowing that first of all they're not alone and second of all that there are people who care and that there are people who will listen to them because mm. a lot of people feel lonely in this world and in our society mm. today conversations like this could result in them realizing that they're not alone mm. that they shouldn't feel lonely that they can come and talk to their friends about it to their loved ones about it to professionals about it if needs be so it is important, and obviously, with regards to Fat Pops, with regards to Chalk, I just want to mention this. If anybody who's listening to this is ever in need of assistance in our events, be it for whatever reason it may be, if they need to talk to someone, if something has happened, know that our philosophy is, you mentioned something about approachability, we have the same philosophy in our club nights. Mm. What you deal, what you do with your society, we do in our club nights. Um, please do come. Please do come and ask us. Please do come and have a chat with us. Because, and I'm not giving you idle words. I'm not giving you false flattery. We do care. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the most important. They definitely thing. do. And yeah, head to Fat Pops if you want a great night out in Brighton. Whether that is you live in Brighton or you're coming down, yeah, it's on a Monday at Chalk, Thursday at Chalk, Friday sometimes at Chalk, at Chalk yeah. depending on the event, even notorious or bad decisions, and then Saturday at Chalk at as Chalk. well for Saturday 80s, Thursday Secret Discotheque, and Monday, what is the name for Monday? Indie Night. Indie Night Indie at night. Monday. Yeah. Always a great night. Always a great night. Great drink deals. Please go check them out. Uh, is anything we need to promote for hockey? Once people listen to this, we'll know that we've had a great win at Varsity. We've actually smashed the Brighton Panthers uh, in a brilliant win. I think Wallo got three, I got two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's audacious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and thank you for everyone who came to watch us at Varsity. Even if we want win or loss, we appreciate people coming to watch and supporting this club. Good luck. Thank you very much, Arian. Uh, if you are struggling, so we've spoken about things about more night safety as well, and the things that come into, also things about drinking that come into mental and physical health, and it's about approachability and stuff like that. If you're struggling with mental health, you don't have the right support networks about you, if that's your loved ones, friends, etc., etc., then please call Samaritans. Um, they are trained professionals that are here to call about anything. They work at 24 hours. One of our hockey boys, Pete, does it himself. Um, so their number is 116123 if you're struggling with mental health. And if you need to shout out, Wallo? No, I think that's right. Um, always remember, speak to a friend. So we tried to do in hockey this year, I think, is your community. If you've got friends, you've got people around you. If not, Samaritans, there's always a helpline. There's always people. The internet's there. Find numbers. Get help if you need it. And uh, yeah. Exactly. Put it perfectly. Well, thank you very much, Arian, for coming on. My pleasure. Thank it's you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time.